couldn't really cut anything out. I just like the way Jesus puts things. And this is a parable that he spoke I mean, prior to a principle. Many times when Jesus spoke a parable, uh, he usually followed it up with a principle that he wanted to teach his disciples and those that were following him. That's what the purpose of the parable was. And, um, and so tonight is no different. Amen. Luke chapter 16, this passage is no different. Luke chapter 16, verse 1 through 13. Amen. As you turn there, some of you may already be there. I just want to say that it is an honor, amen, to be with you all tonight. I, I don't want you all to feel like um, uh, I take this for granted. Amen. We're not playing patty cake church when pastor's out of town. This is real church. Amen. This is an opportunity for us to get in contact with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just as just as we ever, just as we always do. And um, amen. Church, amen, consists of people. And so when you show up, amen, you're building the church. Amen. Luke chapter 16, once again, verse 1 through 13. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. And uh, there's a potential, I might fire you, so give me an account. So the steward, then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig, and to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do. This is what I'm going to do, he said, that when I am put out of the stewardship, uh, when I put out the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. And he said, Then it said he unto another, How much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore, eighty. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. The Lord commended the unjust steward. And what he did was unjust with the man that was being ripped off, essentially, commended him. So that was, that was a smart move, buddy. And then listen to what the Lord says, our Lord, Jesus. So the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done unwisely, uh, because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in the least, in that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will thou, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Can you read that last phrase? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. That last scripture is probably the most familiar out of this entire text. But 
With the help of the Lord tonight, and I, I just pray that I am a blessing here tonight to someone, but I want to preach on this subject, an adversary we can trust. Amen. I want to preach on this subject tonight, an adversary that we can trust. Amen. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts, help us to understand His Word this evening. God, we need Your grace. God, I worship you, Jesus. I cannot do this on my own, Lord. I trust fully in you. I heavily upon you tonight, God. You're everything to me. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. You can all be seated this evening. Amen. An adversary we can trust. Amen. By by definition, an adversary is not someone that we should be able to trust. Amen. We shouldn't, or we, if, if we do, we probably have been deceived, amen, by the adversary. And that's how we've placed our trust in him. Amen. But for a moment, I want to talk about being servants because this all ties together, hopefully. Amen. Um, I mean, this passage that we read, the final scripture said, no servant can serve two masters, amen, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, and then he goes on to say, this is the principle, you cannot serve God and mammon, you can't serve God and mammon, so we are servants of one thing or another, like it or not, whether or not you want to admit it, amen, we are all servants, Romans chapter 6, verse 20, verse verse. Chapter 6, verse 20 says, and then verse 22 says, For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Then verse 22 says, But now being made free from sin are become and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So either, amen, we are serving, amen, sin, or we are serving God, amen, or we are serving something else here tonight. And I want to talk about that amen but 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 like it or not we are serving we we are in service to others amen and to god or amen to the enemy amen i can insert here romans chapter 1 let me just turn there romans chapter 1 i didn't put this in my notes but i did want to uh sorry romans chapter 12 verse 1 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. So in order, for, so it, it is a sacrifice. The Bible says, Apostle Paul said that it is a living sacrifice for us to be in service to God. Amen. It's reasonable amen, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, and acceptable unto God. The word servant means to be a slave, a bondman. Um, a man of servile condition, a metaphor for one who gives himself up to another's will, those whose, those whose service is used in extending and advancing the cause, um, a cause among men. That's what the purpose of a servant is. He's not there merely meant to pass time, but every moment of a servant's life is for a purpose. Every Every action that he carries out is to 
do something productive, is to produce fruit. Amen. Is to, amen. When we were servants to sin, amen, it was fruit of unrighteousness. When we are servants unto God, we are producing fruit of holiness, as we just read in Romans chapter 6, verse 22. But as a servant, we must produce something. Must be doing something. Must be about, amen, the service of our master. Amen. A servant is devoted to another to the disregard of his own interest. Amen. I mean, that's, that is, according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, amen, the definition of this word that was translated as servants of sin. Amen. Amen. And so just keep that in your mind. Amen. I, I, let me take a step back and, and just give you an idea of maybe where we're going here tonight. But, but when, when you take a look at maybe kingdoms during the Bible times or even later on, amen, during the time of history, that, that servants were, were basically pr- uh, property of, of their masters. They were, they, were, they were transferred when another enemy would come into the kingdom and overtake that kingdom. The owners, the masters that previously owned those servants no longer maintained control of those servants. They were transferred, amen, their ownership was transferred, amen, their, their uh, service was transferred to the next kingdom. Amen. So when the enemy, amen, amen, is looking, amen, he's looking around, amen, at the kingdom and, he, and he's interested in overtaking a certain kingdom. He's interested, amen, and, and um, uh, he's just perhaps just walking around and, and taking stock of what's, what, how productive this kingdom is and how much uh, export and import, amen, this kingdom, amen, produces. And what he takes note of are the servants that are in the kingdom, how productive they are, how, how well they produce, how much fruit they produce. And so that's all of interest to the adversary. That's all of interest, amen, to the enemy, amen, that is looking to overtake, amen, a kingdom. Amen? And so, so um, the Bible clearly designates the devil as an adversary of the servants of God. Peter, writing specifically to the elders, amen, the pastors, the overseers of the church and those who are submitted to those elders, the members of their churches. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's scanning the land, if you will. He's, he's taking a survey of what his options are, what exactly, amen, overtaking this kingdom will give him. He's strategizing. He's taking a look at, at the servants, amen, that exist in the kingdom and determining and, and weighing his option as to whether or not he should take the risk of overtaking that particular land or not. That is what the adversary's doing, amen, per Apostle Peter. Amen. And uh, let's go to a specific instance of this in Job chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Where'd you come from? Satan answered, The Lord said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. I've been walking around, Lord. I've been surveying. Amen. I'm just, take, I'm just taking you know, a survey of all my options, trying to see what there is. And 
The Lord responded and said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Have you been looking at Job? Who is one of my servants? He is, he's, uh, and then the Lord goes on to describe, amen, that there is none like him in the earth. No one nearly as productive. No one nearly as faithful. No one nearly, amen, as, amen, as well a servant as Job. A perfect and an upright man. One that feareth God and escheweth evil. Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job, doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house, about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now. Let me stop here for a moment before I go any further. Satan asked the Lord a question. Job, Job, you're, you're bragging about how good Job is. You're testifying about how he's a perfect and upright man, one that eschews evil, and, and he's just, he's, he's the cream of the crop, if you will. And he said, but doth Job fear God for not? Haven't you made a hedge about him? Aren't you? Amen, aren't you kind of babying him? Aren't you, amen, putting your angels and dispatching and protecting him? And, and child of God, I want you to understand, if you, amen, maintain your service in the kingdom of God, God truly will, amen, protect you. Amen. Amen, even the enemy, amen, can't get through this barrier that the Lord sets up round about the servants of God. Amen, this Amen, this was an obstacle, amen, that the enemy had to deal with. They had, he, he, he didn't have, amen, access to that servant of God because there was a hedge. My God, that gives me hope. That gives me joy, Brother Nelson. That, that gives me, amen, that gives me that confidence amen, that I need to go and serve the Lord. Hallelujah, amen, amen. Satan, amen, recognized, hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Not only, God, have you protected him, but he goes on, thou hast blessed the work of his hands. Amen, he's not just, a, amen, making a normal, amen, productive day, but the Lord, amen, is coming in behind him and, and blessing the fruit of his labor. Amen. Amen, that's what the Lord will do, amen, for those, amen, that are servants to him. Amen. They, he blesses the work of their hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Amen. Everybody's talking about Job. Everybody's, amen, looks on Job's house. Man, I wish I could have a house like that. I wish, amen, I could have vineyards, amen, as beautifully maintained and, and well, amen, and, and as productive, amen, as Job's. Why? What's so special about Job? He's the servant of God. I mean, he's the one that set himself apart unto God, Brother Jerome. He's the one, I mean, that has committed himself to the service, amen, of an invisible being, of an invisible master. 
I mean, he left a long time ago, amen, the building of his own kingdom. He left a long time ago, amen, the working and servitude, amen, to the bondage of sin, amen, and the things of this world. I mean, that's Job. He's a servant of God. And so before the devil, amen, could ever reach old Job, he had to seek permission. Amen. Doesn't he serve him? Doesn't he serve you? God, for a reason, because of the hedge that you You take down this hedge, God, and see how long he'll serve you. Just wait until I get a hold of him. Just wait until I get my hands on this old guy. Think he's so upright now. Just wait. Just wait, God, until, amen, you take that old hedge down and let me put my hands. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying here tonight. Amen. I know it's a little quiet. Amen. But I expect the Lord to step in this place before we're done. Amen. Because the Lord laid this on my heart for someone. Amen. But but Job, amen, he was living comfortably, amen, inside the hedge that the Lord had blessed him with. Amen. Because he continued to be a servant unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The old cliche goes, my worst day living for God is better than my best day living for the devil. That's so true. Amen. For those that are serving God. Amen. But when you're serving, amen, the devil, amen, or when you're serving yourself, amen, there, there's, there's a lot more to contend with. Amen. We'll get there, hopefully. Amen. The servants in the house Amen, of the good and wise master are always better off than even the son of the master that leaves in pursuit of his own kingdom. I mean, did you hear that? I mean, the servants, the ones that are in service to the master, the servants in the house of the good and wise master are better off than the son that leaves in pursuit of his own kingdom. Just ask the prodigal son. I'm, God, Daddy, give me everything that's owed me. I'm going to go make a name for myself. I'm going to go build my own kingdom. And it wasn't too long after that that old smart aleck came trotting home and realized that even the servants had it better off than he did. After a few meals, amen, with the pigs in the pigsty, amen, recognized that, that the dinner plate at Daddy's house even for the servants, is much better, amen, than what he's eating. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I, hope, I'm not, I promise I'll try, to, I'll try to hurry. I'm not going to take your time, but I, I pray that, amen, we can hear, amen, what the word of the Lord is amen, this evening. Amen. The enemy is not allowed, amen, just to attack the servants of the Lord. He's not allowed to. And if you continue to serve the Lord faithfully as you are, and you continue to be servants of God, the enemy has to ask before he could ever put his hands on you. Amen. This isn't something I, some harebrained idea that I just came up with. I mean, this is a principle in the word of the Lord. Amen. First Peter 5 and 8, once again, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, the Bible says the devil is our adversary. Amen. Scanning, looking around, trying to find. Amen. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. I bring up this point, but pastors brought it up many, many times. Amen. That 
Amen. The devil can't just devour anybody he chooses. Amen. They've got to be, they've got to give him permission. Amen. And as we saw in Job's situation, the servants of God require God's permission before he's allowed to devour them. Amen. Let me go back to the story of Job once again. Uh, Job chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From coming to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Skip down to verse 11. But put forth now, uh, put forth thine hand now. Amen. The devil speaking to the Lord. Amen. Put forth thine hand now. And touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. Lord, before I can, before I can touch Job, before I can put my hands around his, his scrawny little neck, before I can crush the life out of him, I need you to put forth your hand. And remove the head. Get, get rid of all that. Amen. Having, I, I don't know if you've ever stopped to consider this, but it hit me as I was studying amen, for this message this evening. Amen. That maybe the Lord had such a confidence in his servant. Many times we, that he allowed the devil to go and, and attack him and, and devour him, as, as it were. Amen. But... Many times we, we get into a state and we feel like we're on, the, we're on the defense. We're trying to defend ourselves against an onslaught from the enemy. And we feel like every day, amen, he's beating us up, beating us down. We're trying to, trying to just, we're barely making it by. And have you ever stopped to think that maybe the Lord removed that hedge because he knew that you could handle it? Maybe the Lord removed the hedge because... Have you considered my servant, Susie, Job? Have you considered this person, devil? Amen. I, know, I hope, hope, uh, hope this is making a little bit of sense here tonight. Amen. Enemy, enemy is out looking. Amen. Looking for just, just taking a, just an analysis of all the kingdom of the Lord and and spots a person over there and just kind of walks on by because there's no access to that person. Just keeps on going. He turns around and next day he looks over and sees that person. Man, I would really like to, really like to, you know, try that person. I'd really like to be. And again and again and again, the time happens over and over and over. And then the Lord finally calls him, amen, into duty and says, says, what you've been doing. He said, I've been, I've been looking all over your kingdom, God, and, and um, I'm really interested in this person. And the Lord said, no, not today. They, they, they can't handle that today. Amen. Can't handle that right now because I, I just you're going to have to find somebody else. You're going to have to find another target. They're not as productive as I want them to be quite yet. Amen. I'm going somewhere. I, I pray that you could ride with me just for a moment. Amen. And, and again, the enemy looks and sees, amen, the, the fruit of your labor and, and says, you know, I really would like 
get a hold of that person and stop what they're doing. They're really driving me a little mad. They're bothering me. They're keeping me from doing what I want to do. And, and again, it's called before the Lord. And the Lord says, no, not today. They're not, they're not quite ready. Amen. But one day comes, and the day, presumably, that, that you dread. You feel like you're on top of it, and you're producing for the kingdom of God. And you feel like every, everything you touch is turning to gold, for lack of a better example. I mean, that, that, that you, I mean, every door that you knock, you have a positive response. Every Bible study that you teach, amen, they have a phenomenal interest and desire. Amen, every trunk retreat, amen, thing that we put together, Sister Nelson, is just a smashing success. Amen, every Sunday school lesson that you teach, Brother Johnson, is, is just a wonderful lesson. And, and every song that you play, Sister Becca, amen, knocks it out of the ballpark. I mean, I mean, did you hear the way I was tinkling on those keys? And, and Sister Desiree, amen, that wonderful tenor that you were singing the other day, I'm just messing with it. But it was kind of a joke because uh, my dad had to switch to alto on Sunday. And Sister Desiree was singing a better tenor than even I could. And I was, I was a little bit envious of her. And um, so thank you, Sister Desiree, for your sacrifice to the Lord's kingdom. Amen. But this, just wonderful success after success after success. That's the day the devil sets his sights on you. And he goes before the Lord. And the Lord says, have you considered my servant Bob? Upright, hates evil, loves to work in the kingdom of God. I mean, for the past few months, haven't missed a beat. They've been so faithful. Church, I really feel this. I, I hope somebody is bearing this with me here tonight. Amen. That, that, that. And so he turns, he takes down the hedge. Why? Why would God do that to me? Why would he allow me, amen, where I have been faithful to him, I haven't missed a beat, amen, I've been praying every day, amen, I've been reading my Bible, amen, I've been witnessing, I've been teaching, I've been reaching. Why in this world would he allow the devil to do this to me, do this to me? Amen. Hallelujah. Seeking whom he may devour. Put forth thy hand now, Lord, and take down, amen, all that he hath. He'll curse thee to thy face. Amen, we can, and I, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all this, but you know the rest of the story, amen, that the Lord ended up blessing Job with the double that he had. Amen, he went through, amen, the trial of his life, amen, because the Lord took down the hedge, and then the Lord, and then was blessed with double of everything that he had, family, amen, homes, animals, crop, everything that he had, he was twice, amen, the man that he used to be. Maybe, just maybe, amen, that's why the Lord allows us, amen, to go through those, amen, situations. Amen. I mean, that's not where I want to, amen, just focus the rest of this evening, amen, but I did want to point that out, amen, that I thought it was interesting, amen, that the Lord, before Job ever became double the man that he is, 
Lord had to take down the hedge of protection and make them vulnerable and let the enemy, gave the enemy permission, amen, to devour him. However, in the height of the enemy's success, he can only ensnare us, amen, to become his servants temporarily. Amen. But the moment that we receive revelation that the good master has paid for our freedom from slavery, we no longer have to be bound, amen, by that old adversary. That's what Job had to realize. He had to realize that it's not really, this is something that the Lord's doing. This is, the Lord is, is working something out of this. Amen. And so, amen, that, that once we realize, we receive that revelation that God has already paid, amen, for us to be free, amen, from the slavery, amen, from bondage, amen, that the enemy is trying to ensnare us in, amen. Paul talks about us being servants to sin, but through obedience to the doctrine that has been delivered unto us, we have been set free from our bondage of sins and have, been, have become servants to God. Amen. You can read that in Romans chapter 6, verse 16 through 22. Amen. I'm not going to take the time, amen, to read that, amen, this evening. Amen. So we overcome our adversary, amen, the devil, and we are freed from his chains of sin and unrighteousness through faith and obedience to doctrine. Amen. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Verse 10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a little while. After you've gone through it, after you've been in the whirlwind, after you, amen, after all the, the trial of your life, amen, is finished. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, Establish, establish, strengthen, and settle you. My God. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm debating on continuing in this vein here. I mean, I, I, feel, like, I feel like our church truly, I mean, has been in, been in, I mean, a struggle, been in a battle. We, I mean, we had wonderful services and, and, but certainly, amen, day in and day out, I have struggled. I have physically and spiritually struggled, amen, with, with what, amen, what the Bible labels as our adversary, the devil, amen. And, and I feel like, amen, the Lord has come by this evening, amen, to encourage this church, to encourage, man, I don't care if I finish my notes, amen, this evening. I've got like five more pages of notes here to go through. But, but what I want to say right now, amen, under the unction of the Holy Ghost is that, amen, the Lord wants to encourage you. That after you suffered a while. Job, after the hedge has been torn down. And the enemy, 
amen, has placed the boils in his strategic locations, amen, that could produce, amen, the most pain in your life. And after, amen, he reaches out and grabs a hold, amen, of the dearest possessions that you have, amen, that makes the most, amen, produce for your king, amen. And after, amen, he reaches, amen, into the bedrooms of your home, amen, drags out every child, amen, that you gave birth to. Every lost soul, Sister Rebecca, that you've reached. Every, amen, Sister Larissa, amen, your family members and, and all of those, amen, that have, amen, the, and the enemy, amen, is strategically hitting the people of God. Time after time, chapter after chapter, day after day, year after year. But we have this promise that after, after, this is not where I planned on going, amen, but after, amen, you have suffered a while. Now, Lord, this has been a long while. This has been a lot longer than I could imagine you would have planned. You must not really be orchestrating things the way I thought you were. You must, I mean, you must have forgotten about me. The promise still remains. You, you, you can reason away. You can reason away. You can, you can reason away that a, a while must not be my situation. That after a while, he, he's not talking about me. He's not talking about the problems that I'm facing. But regardless of how you try and explain it away, and regardless of what logic you use to reason it away, the promise still remains in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, that after you've suffered a while. There is something more perfect, something more established, something more settled about you. It's not the same old flimsy person that you thought you were. But he has strengthened you. Him to become more complete. He has taken your shaky footing and established you. And he has settled you. And verse 9 says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. The word steadfast means to be strong, to be firm, immovable, solid, hard, and rigid. Friend, that's how you are going to maintain that freedom that was once delivered unto you. Jude chapter 1, or Jude verse 3 says, Beloved, when I give all diligence... To write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. I'm going to skip a, a large portion here. 
Amen. Luke chapter, Sister Rebecca, you can come. Luke chapter 16, verse number 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Your master, the one whom you serve, after he tore down the hedge, is watching. He's, he's also surveying his servants. Now that he's allowed the adversary to come in and seemingly overtake this portion of his kingdom, he's analyzing, he's watching, and wondering if you'll be faithful in the little things. Because he's got a place, amen, in his kingdom. My God, I've, he's got a place where he wants to move you from where you are today. Amen, just that little corner of the kingdom, amen, where there is the only one paying attention seemingly is the enemy. The only one that's paying attention, amen, to your fruit of your labor is the devil. And he's the one beating you up about it. Amen, but the Lord, amen, is looking to see whether or not you're faithful in that little portion of his kingdom. And they that are faithful in little is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least, the opposite is also true. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous, amen, who will commit to your trust the true riches? I could take you to the parable of the ruler and talents. Man, I think that would be a bit redundant. The Lord's looking to see how you're dealing with this portion of the kingdom. This unrighteous mammon. The word mammon, I believe, sheds a little bit of light on this subject of what, amen, the Lord's talking about. Many, many people believe that it's just money. But I think it goes deeper than that. Because in Luke 16, 11, he says, If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? He's talking about something more than just money. When he talks about mammon in the final verse, verse 13, where he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. But when I looked at the definition of this word, a part of the definition, as a descriptor says, it is what is trusted in. It is what, I'm sorry, it is, yeah, it is what is trusted in. That's why I can describe this is where do you place your treasure place your treasure in a trust a bank you're placing your trust in this institution that they will maintain that money for you and that when you go back it'll be there you've placed it you've placed your treasure in a trust
you're serving mammon, you're placing your treasure in some other trust. Your trust is misallocated. You're not trusting God anymore. You're trusting something else. That's why he said you cannot serve God, you can't trust God, and you cannot trust mammon. You can't have this other. You've got to, you've got to put your loyalty somewhere, and it can't be divided. Where's your treasure invested? Is your treasure invested in the kingdom? What are you doing with the with the little bit? What are you doing with the the little bit that the Lord has entrusted to you. He that is faithful in little, he will be faithful in much. If you therefore have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? I've got so much more for, for you. I, I, new life, God has so much in store for this place. For each individual sitting on these pews. I'm not talking about, amen, I'm not talking about just the church as a whole, but I'm talking about each individual. There's a deeper, amen, calling to each of us. Come on, let's prove to God that we, our trust, our loyalty, it is in Him. I'm not, I'm not subdividing my trust out, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, putting that someplace else I'm giving it to God Matthew 8 verse 9 and 10 says for I am a man under authority having soldiers under me and I say to this man go I'm going to insert right here and without question he goes to another come and he cometh and to the certain to my servant do this and he doeth it and when Jesus heard it he marveled wow and what did he say he said to them that followed verily I say to you I have not found so great faith no not in Israel this guy knows what it means to put his trust in something he has servants knows, amen, what it's like to have a small kingdom and to place his trust in the appropriate places. And when he says go, done. No question asked. Done. When he says come, done. I'm here, Lord. Whatever you need to do. He gets it. This guy, and Jesus responded and said, wow. There's nobody on the in Israel that I have seen with this amount of faith. I wonder if we can receive this revelation that God, you tell me what to do. I'm doing it. Consider it done. I, I don't care. And where you, wherever you want me to go, wherever you want me to, whatever you want me to say, however you want me to function in the kingdom of God, I will do it. I would do it without question, without reservation, because in you I put my trust. I'm not, I'm not misplacing this trust. I'm not placing it in my own talents. Not placing it in my own abilities. Not placing it. I, mean, I am placing my trust in you. 
adversary we can trust. It's a kingdom the Lord has put, and the enemy has come in and is challenging us, wanting us, tempting us. is using that as a as a as a way to build something much greater for himself. And if we could all stand here tonight, I submit to you that you are either serving your trust in God or a distrust in God, whether that be a trust misallocated to some other place. simpler terms, you either believe or you don't. The Bible says that the report of the spies that we cannot overcome the enemy in the promised land was an evil report, according to Numbers chapter 13 verse 32. Hebrews 3 and 7 through 12 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. And in the day of temptation in the wilderness. I put you through the wilderness so I can build something with you. So I can produce that trust that I'm looking for. I gave you an adversary so that I can create something so much stronger, so much more settled, so much more established, so much more faithful, so much something that I can trust. As in the day of provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness. The day of provocation. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw that my saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved that, that with that generation and they and said, They do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways, so I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Talk to the Lord. These altars are open. 